This is a Honky Tonk Man, the greatest intercontinental champion of all time, and you're listening to The Wrestler Review. Take me to church, I sucked off everyone in the church. I hey, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a wrestling review with both of the hosts actually in the same room together. First time in 2017. Holy fucking shit. Why are we going old school today, Dylan? Because we're doing the fucking king of old school. We are doing the king of old school. Dylan is currently razor blading his face. <laughs> and I've made sure that my body looks like that of a thumb. It's a very interesting career Steve Carino had because he essentially just worked indies for his whole career. And I'm going to say this was the best heel gimmick in the history of ECW. It was the perfect, even though it had been done before with Mick Foley and stuff like that. This is jumping ahead. When he like sided with the network in the fading days of the TNA, TNN yeah. show, ECW on TNN. Which everyone says was the worst, and Polly had run out of ideas. But I think that kind of undercuts all the people in, like, at least in Canada, we didn't have regular no. ECW, like, TV, and it's hard. I would never have gone on the internet at 10 to become a tape trader, well, huh? he, because he, that no. would have ended up in me being pounded by an <laughs> ECW fan, and I don't mean with his fists. Well, here's the thing with what I think they mean is, Paul... Like any good wrestling writer, book, or whatever you call them, they're all very good at writing a first chapter. Vince Russo especially is so good yes. at setting things up. And then it's just like, but the execution is then terrible. Here's the thing, though. Here's and the thing at that point with ECW, the whole thing of like he works for the network, he's the old school head, the problem with it then was they didn't take it anywhere. Well, here's the thing that's in the end actually very frustrating about wwe now and the reason why ecw was able to be so creatively successful is because you have dudes like paul Heyman had a sh had chances that no other like booker had maybe not no other booker but very few bookers had wherein he had dudes who basically would just agree to whatever mm-hmm and that's the way the WWE is now, and that's why everyone's... I want you yeah. to take a blender to your own <laughs> Well, not even that. Just like, here's our strategy for you. You're going to job for a year straight, and your whole character is that you have no penis. And <laughs> everyone's like, that sounds fine, you know? So, And it's that's why it's frustrating with WWE now, because you get dudes who would do that, but then the writing and everything is so all over the place, there's no, like common goal or common like thread with everything like they don't make anyone just win like well it's they don't do old school like e Braun Strowman his last match right now is he lost to Kalisto because they wanted to rebrand Kalisto and push Braun Strowman at the same time it's like that old CM Punk interview where he goes oh you go over the shield but make Roman look strong and then he goes, well, why don't you just have three guys beat me up then? And they're like, no, you got to go over, but we need the shield to look strong. It's impossible to make three people look like strong characters when they're losing to one. One guy. Well, it's one of those things where it's it lacks like structure logic in the idea of 
when you're telling a story, it's got to go A to B to C. You can get from A to B in an interesting, different way, yeah. but you still have to go there. And what's happening in contemporary wrestling writing and ECW when Steve Carino was getting there is they would go like A to C, back to B. In that like, he's with Cyrus and Jack Victory and they're supposed to be the bad guys running over everybody, Yes, but they never got any sort of real offense, nor did they present themselves as someone you needed to be concerned about. So they were just, you were just being like, these guys are badass. Why? Shut up. All right. In the same way that the way you do it properly is the Four Horsemen did it amazingly. Because the Four Horsemen literally never won a match in their big fucking heel uh, time. They would either get disqualified and keep their belt. They would cheat. They would never, pardon me, they would win matches, but it would be so deceitful and bad and or there'd be interference and then what they would do is the next day go like ha ha one and now they're not <laughs> even doing that they're going that guy loses then the next day he's like don't talk about it and it's just it's fucking irritating in the same way that ECW towards the end watching it on TNN it was all these great beginnings of like Cyrus is this heel fucking commentator and Joey Styles fucking hates him and is snapping all the time yeah Steve Carino keeps interrupting matches but they never just Put him in the ring with Steve, Tommy Dreamer and just had him beat the fuck out of Tommy Dreamer, which would have been so easy. But the problem was, is Tommy Dreamer's trying to hold it all together because Paul Heyman's off like eating a sandwich and fucking black prostitutes. <laughs> Apparently, that was a big thing he was into. Thank you, New Jack, once again. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the whole thing. Paul, Paul, like the sisters. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the whole thing about ECW, though, where it's like, I don't know if I've said this on this podcast yet. Maybe I have, but. Um, it's a flawed as much as it was great and brought a lot of new concepts and all that fun jazz. Like in and the by end, new concepts you mean Memphis wrestling, but with New Jack being like, then I hit him with a fucking gun. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just mean like new concepts. Like wrestling, most times is like ten years behind the time. They're mm-hmm. they're. They were five years behind the times in ECW. They were grunge. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's a great point. They were grunge when New Metal was in and all that stuff. And the other thing about ECW is it's here's why it's a flawed concept. It's because it's every match is no DQ, but there were still rope breaks. And I would always watch that and there was rope break and it's like, so if this guy doesn't break the rope break, does he get like thrown out of the company? Like is that the line? It's like you can crucify a man in front of his son. But I want to point you, out by the but way. It, oh, you held on the rope. That's five. I want ever- get the fuck out, Sid ev- Vicious. Want- get the fuck out. I want everyone to know. By the way, Dylan is not making a joke about the crucifixion. Raven actually did that to the Sandman. I think that's one of the most. Fa- if you're listening to the wrestler review, you, I'm assuming. But you'd be surprised. Like ECW didn't exist. That's true. And someone could be 17. Yeah, we are we are thirty one. You forget what the reference point is. It's like you don't remember Chili Willy. <laughs> like what? And I'm yeah. like, oh no. Oh, do you think of Jack Victory as just being that guy in a wheelchair by your liquor store? <laughs> Newsflash: He was a weird part of late ECW where he wore a hockey jersey and was always in a wheelchair, and then would stand up, and then they'd hit him with a kendo stick, basically saying. Disabled people are bad. <laughs> Disabled people are lying. <laughs> They're liars, John. Lying. Lying. Um, yeah, <laughs> I dropped a Wayne's World reference on Friday and having beers with some like with my friend and some of his friends. And they're like four or five years younger than me. And boy oh boy did they not know what the fuck I was talking about. Really? And it was a it was a bit of a deep one, which was why is this area called Stoke Newington? And I said, Ah, 
It is like it is Mohawk for the good land. <laughs> I did not know what I was doing. They were like, about. what the fuck? The, that, it's a weird thing. It, speaking, I watched, like, I think this was like, I always wondered what would happen. I think it was like four years ago at a college gig. Uh, when you suck with another comic, dick? and he was making nothing but say by the bell jokes, and then people like these kids were just looking at each other like, "What the fuck is this dude talking about?" Yeah, and to uh, them, Dustin was like, Diamond is a porn star. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Zach! Oh, you mean the guy from NYPD Blue, The Late Years? Oh, you mean yes, yeah, Sipowitz's new partner after Jimmy Smith died. I used to watch it because my dad would put it on. Because one time we saw. Sipowitz's ass. <laughs> you want me to show you his ass? By the way, there's this weird ass. time in America where right before ABC was bought by Disney, they were failing so badly that as a this is just for people who don't know what we're talking about. They made this show called NYPD Blue, and then they would just do things like this week on NYPD Blue, Sipowitz says shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, essentially it was just like we're gonna swear in prime time because we are out of ideas. Yeah. <laughs> and there was an episode where he, I think you saw his ass. Like, that was like the Yeah, big, yeah, yeah. yeah. Show like, his ass. You show this, this old guy's ass. Well, that was the funny thing is my mom growing up would be like, uh, people uh, people find that Dennis Franz to be a sex symbol, and I don't understand it. I don't think he, <laughs> I don't think they thought him to be a sex symbol. There apparently, it was a brief moment in time where people were like, uh, give me a sip of that wits. Really? <laughs> Does that mean that people wanted to fuck George from Seinfeld? No. Okay. No, Sipowitz was a real man, all right? He was a drunk and he he just he just had enough of that political bullshit, John. I like how everyone goes like political correctness has run wild and it's like I've been hearing that every day of my fucking life. So we can't so they get to vote now? Oh, yeah. so we got to treat them like people now. Oh, we got to treat them like people now? They wash my correct. shirts, not people. <laughs> <laughs> That's a washing machine that I have to feed. <laughs> it is not a person. Um, so let's go right into Stevie. Stevie Steve Carino. Career. The year was 1994. Kurt Cobain was still a stain on the carpet. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, I didn't realize how early he came up with the King of Old School gimmick, though, because this uh, our research credits that at like 1994, 1995, which may have predated the uh, McFoley gimmick. And mind you, if you're in that bubble, it seems like a pretty generally good idea. Because essentially, Steve Carino has to take one chair shot to the head a match instead of 15 if it's the mid to late 90s. Because if you're the king of old school, the big payoff is like, oh, he forced him, he beat him down with a weapon instead of like, oh, start out with a chair shot to the head. And then that's when you bring in the knives. Yeah. It's a very interesting idea of when you're the king of old school because in ECW, especially at a time where everyone's moveset was literally like, Punch kick DDT. Yeah. Someone getting out a fucking power sander. <laughs> one thing I really liked uh, about ECW though is that they would just do other people's finishers as like rest holds. Oh yeah. Like the Death uh, Valley Driver was the sleeper of 1999. <laughs> yeah, it really was. And then like Dreamer would just diamond cutter people, and then it'd be like two count. And they would make no, but it would just be like, yeah, I did the diamond cutter. Diamond cutter fucking sucks. Uh, but here's what they would do is they would go, this is the brilliance of Joey Styles, is he would explain, Tommy Dreamer doesn't know how to do that move well enough. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's the thing. They would use other people's new moves and it would be like, oh, he didn't execute that properly. Yeah. Which, 
is actually a way of putting that move over of being like that other guy knows how to do it super well. Yeah, yeah, like when the and it's believable too because it's like when the Rock does the sharpshooter. Oh, this gonna sound obvious, but when the Rock does the sharpshooter, it looked a fuck of a lot different than Bret Hart doing the sharpshooter. Like yeah. the Bret Hart sat down on it and made it look like a real move, whereas the Rock just kind of did it like a little dance. It's like, oh, he's doing his leg dance with the other well, man. Because that originally started because they did the only time a tribute to the Montreal Screwjob worked and came off great, which is when he won the belt the year after at the next Survivor Series yeah. in 98. Yeah. And they screwed over Mankind. We should. This is the thing, by the way, with wrestling that drives me crazy when people are like, oh, it's, they don't do this and they don't do that. It's also like they don't do things like lay out a fucking storyline and pay it off. They turned the rock face for four months. Yeah. To turn him back heel. Yeah. And they like that's how you fucking do it. Stop with all this things like we're selling t-shirts for Roman Reigns. You will sell more t-shirts if he's a bad guy for a year because people then will be like I'm ready to cheer for that guy again. It's not that fucking difficult. In the same way that Steve Carino and ECW King of old school, king of old school, king of old school, king of old school, king of old school. At a certain point you want to freshen him up. You have him turn on just incredible by hitting him with a barbed wire baseball bat, and yeah. everyone would literally go, ah! <laughs> well, a Carino- in the similar way of he had to take fifteen chair shots a night because you wanted to see him hit with a chair. Yeah, to see him then use a chair, you literally a bunch of people would come. <laughs> so Carino comes in uh, to ECW. This is basically his two major runs, and I don't. John, you didn't watch ROH and HDNet, did you? Nah, man. Okay, well, this is kind of a lucky thing because his two major runs were both things that I watched. So, Seen in Canada. So it's in 1998, he debuts as a heel manager. Keep in mind, at one point, he protested a Limp Biscuit concert because it had immoral content, which is the best. Did you ever see that? No. Yeah, he comes on stage and says, like, this is immoral and blah, and then Fred Durst smokes him with a chair, and the crowd goes nuts. <laughs> They showed that shit at nauseum on ECW on TNN. I don't know how I missed it because I, I used like, to make my friends watch that and like a. No, dad, I don't think he did it. I think Tommy Dreamer hit him with a chair. That at the uh, at this Limp Biscuit concert and no one had any idea what was going on. <laughs> they're just cheering because they're like, "In no violence, yeah, get a woman." Yeah, <laughs> I really hope that that was in the middle of break stuff. Like it was in the breakdown of just like, I mean. Uh, and then he came out and he was like, Stop yelling, this 38-year-old guy. I can see you have back pain. Here's the thing. Everyone shits on Limp Biscuit, but it's something that's going to happen. Is a, Like, I'll give it... I'll give it five... No, I'll give it ten years. Ten years from now, uh, people our age, 31, 32 now, are going to go out in droves to a Limp Biscuit reunion show because... It's happening now. Is it happening now? I did a metal festival two years ago. Okay. And I asked, okay, who are the big draws? And they were like, okay, Iron Maiden and Metallica, everyone stayed over and watched both of them. Yeah. But they were like, a different crowd <laughs> showed up on Thursday yeah. to see Limp Bizkit yes. and left. Like They were like, it was full. They all left. Then the, the Iron Maiden Metallica people came. Because it's... People like people are going like it's a joke. Like like friends, my friend Ed Ed Gamble, who you probably know, yes, and Alfie Brown. They were literally like, 
we're going a day early. We have to see Limp Because they literally, like, they walk out in, they did it, it was tropical themed. They had, like, a set, and, like, it's ridiculous. That's amazing. Because I feel like people, it's one of those things, people know a lot more Limp Biscuit songs than they want to uh, admit. It's just, a, it's just a thing. I admit it. People love Nookie, brah. People love my j- j- generation. One thing I because uh, I did it all for the nookie. Wow, the nookie, <laughs> huh? And you can take that cookie and shiv it up your hey, shiv it up your hey. Oh, it's the fucking best. And uh, the other thing is, at my wedding, I they want to play George Michael's Faith, and I'm gonna sneak in Limp Biscuit's Faith, and no one's gonna have fun. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to hear Limp Biscuit at a wedding, but I think you just have to. Um. Well, I guess it would be nice if I, I could, could touch your body. <gasps> oh, fuck. New metal is the best worst thing ever because I can. It's, this is how we, every new metal song goes slow beginning. Someone yells something like, do it. And then. And then it like slows and then it's like, let me tell you about the trees, man. <laughs> They're growing in your mind. New your metal. mind is also your girlfriend's pussy. Here's the one thing I like about new metal is that uh, much like ECW, it stopped and then people were like, "That fucking sucked." And then people, and then the alt right came in because they just repurposed <laughs> that white energy. Yeah, white guy rapping with a hat. I'm angry. Why you don't deserve to be angry? I'll show you. This frog is racist now. Also, We're going to run the United States. Without, by the way, New Metal, you would not have the article I, I fucking linked to you on Facebook last week. Kid Rock has been subpoenaed to provide glass dildos. That was 2014, buddy. That was three years ago. That he... Yeah, but I well, I only saw the article last week. It's weird these little news cycles that get in, like because the internet, as much as no, no, he's back because they're now on trial and he can't, he can't produce the dildos. He's like, I don't know where that is. Yeah, of course, he got a gag gift. You don't fucking keep a gag. He's like, no one has given me a dildo. I'm not gay. (laughs) 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 Haven't you seen the shirt that Kid Rock wore after the election? Uh, it, was, it had all the red states they, and it said America and then all the blue states said Amerifakistan. Nice. Correct things by Mr. Uh, KID the ROC. Mr. Bob Ritchie, you know? <laughs> I don't like that you know his name. All right. Debuts in 1998. Uh, in 1999, Jack Victory became his manager and yeah. he became the advisor for Tajiri and Rhino, which is great because those two were so fucking over. This is how you build a heel. Yeah. You put... Tajiri in the ring with anyone, and Tajiri would literally just kick the fuck out of them. Yeah. While the commentators are going, uh oh, Kid Cash is dead. Kid Cash <laughs> is, is, a, is now a dead person. Yeah, K- Tajiri was a very, very cool character. If you watch any, watch any like late 90s ECW match, um, usually with Tajiri and Super Crazy, but also, yeah, like you said, with Kid Cash, because everyone else was doing, uh, everyone else was flying. Every junior heavyweight, you just expected to see a guy under 200 pounds and he's going to fly over the top rope. But uh, Tajiri had, he had those fun kicks. Oh. The original Super Kick Party, one might say. And uh, Carino's great in this because he is wrestling at this point, so they kind of like 
they kind of slow feed him into being a wrestler by having him stand behind Rhino, who at this point they're giving like the heroes Braun Strowman Goldberg esque push. Like, well, I think we need to point out that this directly led to Dylan Gott's, I think, favorite moment in time. Yes. Was the uh, Rhino promo where he told New Jack he was going to rip off his face and shove it up his ass. So the next time he shits, he shits his own face. <laughs> the WWE. Old I, school. Old school. <laughs> old school. I feel like the WWE. I don't know how many ECWs on TNN I would have to watch to to really Are there get EC- that promo. Is the ECW t- on TNN? On, on the, the network? network? I don't know. I don't think it is. I think it's just hardcore TV. Because he, he Rhino also did a promo There's where no he way said they would let, like, the only thing that makes him feel better than Jasmine St. Clair sucking his cock mm-hmm. is beating the shit out of the Sandman's wife. <laughs> that was a sentence. And Paul, and hey, By the way, we're the Nashville know- Network. We mostly show hunting and fishing. What do you have? Well, here's a guy who says yeah. women are bad twice in one sentence in different ways. Keep in mind, this man in the last election almost won a congressional seat. Yeah, we thought he did. If you listen to the Donald Trump episode, we thought, thought Rhino won. won. Yeah. yeah. He also apparently is a, is a neat freak. Yeah, of course. That's why he's so tidy when it comes to beating up a lady. <laughs> the man beast rhino. Yeah. You were supposed to sweep the ring. <laughs> but that's how you but that's how you do things like this. You put Tajiri can't speak. Before we he's continue, better as a non speaking. I just character. want to point out Sorry. Sandman had a wife. Oh yeah. He's had many wives. Has he? I think he's on his third or fourth wife. There's a shoot interview. So is Steve Carino. That is not as good as the Jamie Dundeen one. Jamie oh. Dundee one, but it's pretty good. Where it's Sandman doing the ECW timeline, but his kid is just wandering around the room, and they keep being like, "Do we want? You want like we can like give him an iPad?" And he's like, "No, he just likes to walk around." And about an hour into it, he th- it then comes. He's like, his kid walks up, and he's like, "I'm gonna go see mom." And they're like, "Where's your wife?" And he's like, "Ah, she's just in the car. She's got wine and cigarettes. It's cool." <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh no! That's the other thing. Because that this basically podcast boils down into four types of episode. We got just wrestlers who we review because they're wrestlers and they had mm-hmm. long careers. And then you got the uh, silly, silly drunks. And then you got the famous people. And uh, in time, we're going to have uh, managers and uh, and others. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, yeah. So, Sandman's definitely one of the silly ones. But I feel like uh, an underrated part of this podcast is anytime we review a mid-2000s diva. Because as much as you want to say ECW, and we've talked about it extensively, at least I have, where ECW is the alt-right, an alt-right theater. Yeah. Um, so was mid-2000s WWF where it was like, hey, we, you know what? We need the kids back in. We need the kids. So John Cena, we need to keep him strong. Anyway, Candice Michelle, can you put your fist inside of Kelly Kelly? It's a <laughs> oh, fist inside match. Also, but the thing you also have to remember is that um, that was the time when they were trying to also keep the Attitude Era like flames uh, burning. And ECW, you kind of allowed because the presentation was dark and they were in fucking it yeah. looked like they were in a sh- in a bomb shelter well the colors were the colors of it were essentially black and purple and red yeah yeah and then but wwe in the mid-2000s was like shiny nice flo- it would be like watching yeah. s- like um dancing with the stars but in the middle of it there's a simulated rape it was like <laughs> vivid versus reality kings <laughs> 
<laughs> ECW got in there. Here's the thing with porn. No one will cop to all of the references you can make, but yeah. everyone knows. Like, it must be weird being a porn star, because no one's going to walk up and be like, love your work. You just get a bunch of works, just looks less like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, it's like watching my time I waste walk around. Um, I was, I'm sure people do walk up and say, I love your work. Have you ever been on the internet? <laughs> but, well, I was about to bring this up because I was reading an article because porn star Bonnie Rotten announced she was going to have a tattoo parlor, opening a tattoo parlor. And they're like, in the history of the internet, this comment thread turned so bleak. So it's like, congratulations, Hitler, I will rape you. Rape, 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 rape. <laughs> oh, no. It's like, oh my God. It's like, this is someone who's trying to like legitimize their life and invest their money wisely. And it's yeah. like, within a, like, it's like, hello, fuck you. Die, <laughs> die, 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 die. I don't like, I don't really like any of that, John. It is. Like, it's just like. When people are like, how did Donald Trump get elected? It's like, oh, I guess you don't know how to use the internet. Allow me to peel back not even a layer yeah. of minutia, and you will see, like, this is people who are allowed to react anonymously, and this is what they actually want to say. That's terrifying. It's just all terrifying. But uh, the, Steve Crano's big, big, big break uh, was the way they legitimized him, essentially, because he's basically a manager for the two monsters. Yeah, uh, and up they, until they, they build up to he lost to Jerry Lynn, uh, and then yeah, November he starts 5th, having legitimate matches. November fifth, two thousand, at November to November, he beats Justin Credible. Oh no! That before that, he they brought in Dusty Rhodes and they did the big Dusty Rhodes. Oh beat. fuck! Of course. Yeah, where he loses a bull rope match to Dusty, and uh, yeah, that's this is the real big feud for it because he's the king of old school he's like a puritan wrestler essentially and then dusty Rhodes comes in and is like old school is ecw ecw is old school and fucking feuds with this is why steve carino and dusty Rhodes got so much mileage out of this feud yeah of course because they went to japan with this shit what's also brilliant about it is dusty Rhodes, because the reason why paul Heyman and ecw worked is paul Heyman was was legitimately respected by all those old guys because he was the young guy that they trained. Dusty Rhodes, he took yeah. a bus to the Carolinas because he was a ringside photographer and snuck into the production meeting. And when Dusty Rhodes was like, why is this kid here? Um, Paul Heyman was like, oh, Dusty, we met in New York one time. I've just come here to learn how to properly like structure a match. And he's like, very good. You're going to listen to the great Dusty Rhodes, baby. <laughs> and because ECW basically put all of the ideas that Dusty Rhodes, Eddie Gilbert... And Memphis had used and put them on steroids. So Dusty Rhodes was like, ah, baby, you'll take my ideas and you make them better. I like that, baby. Okay. Well, he just, what he did was he took, I don't think it was on steroids. I think it was he took these ideas and marketed them correctly. Like the, pretty much the invent of ECW was Paul Heyman changing it from Eastern Championship Wrestling to Extreme Championship Wrestling. I told the NWA to suck all of his dick. But. The other thing was when he said extreme, and he's like, you ever heard the word extreme? Mm. And then Todd Gordon went, no, when he said, you're going to hear it everywhere in three years. And he's right. He was right. He was absolutely right. Yeah. Like, that's one of the great... And the other well, thing... He, like, he does own an advertising company. Like In the end, ECW was just clever marketing and presentation, yeah. and current wrestling could fucking take a page out of that. And I understand with social media and stuff like that, but the way that they presented... The whole product, the look of the ring was great. The one thing, that, my problem with ECW is, and it was because of the building they were in, but they should have just paid to have the power reinforced in the ECW arena 
and never have fucking left because it would have if they had just shot all the shows there because that's what you always wanted to see you just wanted to see for me anyway I just wanted to see it in the ECW arena I liked the look of that when they went to these other buildings it looked cheap but it was something about the vibe of that arena where it's lit for barely legal that's what you wanted ECW to look like the people are on top of you I agree to a point but I think that like they were making so much people forget how big ECW like ECW Arena was how many people? It was under a thousand. It's under a thousand. Yeah, and they're going to like they did a show in uh, Toronto for like five thousand people. Oh, they were, but the reason like they were selling a huge amount of shows. The problem was is they had accrued so much debt yeah. because Paul had to put people under guaranteed tr- contracts because WCW was taking people and he wasn't managing the money properly. Well, the other thing is very clearly it's like they're doing shit like they'll do like. Jake the Snake Roberts for a night. They'll do Dusty Rhodes for a night. Like they did stuff that was really cool for the fans to keep people interested. Yeah. Like they did, that's Dusty Rhodes feud was because Dusty came into ECW because WCW was like you can't work anymore. Yeah. You're not allowed to wrestle. And he was like, all right. So he left and went to ECW and did this fun feud. But and they also were like, and you also can't do commentary because it sounds like Tony Schiavone and Bobby Heenan are talking to a crazy lady. <laughs> because he, he kicked him got, in the head. He's got plunder. He's got plunder. Oh, fuck. I, he was very bad. I, I got to tell you, I've been watching a lot of ECW pay-per-views while I've been writing my Edinburgh show in the background. And it it's asininely. Like, it's literally like Bobby Heenan trying to be a professional, Tony Schiavone slowly losing interest, and then just... X Factor Rose. <laughs> Just coming in with whatever. You want to talk fuck. about the middle row, baby? That's the one that most reinforced. It's made of snakes. <laughs> <laughs> well, Carino, after he fused with Dusty, of course, does beat Justin Incredible for the about that title. Feud, yeah. Which you sort of touched on, which is it's a parallel. The young guy is the old school square, Alex P. Keaton. You all need to learn how to behave being beaten up by like. An old fucking legend who's like, let me show you how to act. Yeah, whose got, prime was 30 years ago. Yeah, I got a thick tongue and a forehead <laughs> that looks like an unmen- an unkept road. Yeah. Let's do this. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, his prime was 25 years ago. They go into that feud. Uh, Carino comes out of it. Uh, legit. It's weird that that legitimized him. It was pretty much next to like losing a feud to a, like, a 50-year-old fat man. But it did. It but legitimized him. great. It's it's a telling a story. Yeah, I'm old school. Actual old school shows up and shows him what old school is. He but he then loses, but then keeps going with "fuck you, I'm the best." Yeah, and this really does set the stage for the rest of Steve Carino's career because he comes in in a singlet, uh, shaved face, looking like a teenager, and then by the end of his ECW career, he's got a beard and like. Um, he still has a kid body. He has a kid body, but here is one thing about his attire and presentation, which was fucking genius. Okay, his boots. Oh, the cowboy boots were yeah. the shitty wrestling cowboy boots yeah, that yeah, look yeah. so dumb. Yeah, but it's especially in ECW when people were wearing fucking shoes, garbage bags. Yeah, or the MMA sort of shin guard. Yeah, protect your boot sort of look, and he comes in with something you immediately look at and. You associate with... I think he bought those off of one of the new Blackjacks. <laughs> it is such a smart presentation. Well, because it's the king of old school, right? And it's the funny thing Absolutely. Where, the yeah. only thing that they missed a trick on, which was, for me, is what he should have been coming out with was um, like one of those brain buster jackets with a towel around it. Yes, 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 yes. I agree. Not even robe. It's yeah. like a jacket like yeah, that. Yeah, with a towel underneath, Dan Severn style. Oh, 
Which no one explain to me why the fuck the towels underneath the jacket. <laughs> but he's still fighting on behalf of the network. And the other thing about Carino is this guy in the history of wrestling, maybe during this period, top five guy at getting color. Oh, he just looked he, fucking horrendous. He would I so he would like he had blonde hair and he would blade and imme- it seemed like immediately in a big match, as soon as he would blade, uh, blood just soaked through his hair. And he was also like... But this is also why, by the way, it's another wrestling trick, which is why... And it's why Ric Flair, like, really... Like, his hair was almost white in the 80s yeah. to do that. Is because for photographs and for... And it's a great trick for ECW, because ECW, these are not well-laid-out buildings. Yeah. So if you have black hair, it looks something... But... With fucking almost white hair. Stands out so much. He, oh, my God. He looks like... He, literally, it looked like his face was having a heavy flow. <laughs> Someone get that man a maxi pad. <laughs> but that's Carino. So he... Uh, yeah, he switches to the cowboy boots after the Dusty feud and legitimizes himself. Um, he's not big enough. Like, he's still... He's small even for the Land of Misfit Toys in ECW, right? Because towards is, but the that, end... But I think that that works for what he was doing. Is Yeah. And the, the problem was is that you didn't... I understand what they were doing is they were keeping Raven... Or not Raven, Rhino and them focused on Sandman. But what you actually needed was you needed Steve Carino to win against Tommy Dreamer or the Sandman. Yeah. And they never did that. Because Steve Carino was no, but he was also the control. And the thing about I agree, but he's the big bad. But he, in that, if in it, it's Rhino's the thug. Rhino interferes and fucks up one of those guys, but yeah. then rolls him into the ring. And Carino then does like a real fucking old school move of then puts like toe hold, and then the yeah. referee has to stop the match because yeah, he's his finisher was a neck breaker. Yeah, like exactly. Like you, you do that sort of stuff, and it's. So much more fucking feeds into it. That's what I'm saying about this is why it's a bit of a fucking short start because fresh Paul Heyman 1995. Yeah. Where imagine how fucking great King of Old School would be with Chris Benoit in the fucking where like Chris Benoit's like, no, I'm old Benoit school. Benoit can't do it. No, no, but no. King of Old School versus like Steve oh, Reno yeah. versus Benoit. Yeah. Yeah. And the but the thing about Carino is he's the he's the new because they're not looking at ECW closing here. They don't like. No, they're building up to something else, and they're gonna f- obviously Sapu is gonna be fed to him, or they'll yeah. do something, or sat- more likely they'll feed him to Sapu. But the other thing is, even with the ring attire and everything, the clear indication here is Paul wants Steve Carino to be his new Shane Douglas because when Carino, after the Dusty feud, starts doing the collar and getting yeah. his shit, and he's having long matches and he's having great matches and stuff like that. It becomes very clear that he's the exact he's the Shane Douglas. Like he fights and he fights and he fights. He doesn't have a catchphrase. He doesn't have a cool finish. He just gets the shit kicked out of him and then gets out of it at the well, end. And it's also one of those things where it's something that Paul Heyman has said, which I don't hundred percent believe. I do feel like he's rewriting history where he was going. If ECW had continued, we would have begun a transition towards more what ROH sort of is. Yeah, which is more realistic, old school firm rules and tone down the hardcore style because he's like well you would have had to we would we they've done that there's pre-benoit the the sad thing about ecw is and we'll just say this and then we'll take a break because uh i do want to say this so that uh, you're happy chris benoit did what he did dylan we've talked about this off the mic and it's disgusting you think that clean out the closet sometimes (laughs) guys you throw spring cleaning for people okay jesus 
Oh my god. <laughs> sometimes sometimes he knew Danny wasn't gonna do well in school. Oh uh, but here's the thing for me watching is it yeah. was watching your the wheels in your brain turn and be like I'm gonna go this way with that. <laughs> uh pivot. Volley. So Steve Carino, unlike a lot of people, this is why this is why this guy's like a solid uh, and I hope this man doesn't listen to this and get offended, but he's a goddamn B professional wrestler. He is a solid B because this guy saw, oh, I'm not getting paid by Paul. I'm fucking out of here. Goddamn right. He just got out. Good. He, Which, by the and way, he did the job and he got out. And when it comes to ECW, do you know how many people didn't do that? Yeah, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> um, like Tommy Dreamer is still like, I'm still owed money. The fucking yeah. ring trucks were in my parents' name. By the way, Tommy Dreamer, by that you mean your parents stole those ring trucks because you're yeah, clearly yeah. in. The Mafia. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my forecast if ECW isn't shut down. All right? Uh, you keep going for hardcore for another couple of years. I think they right? would I would be fading, but it would be relegated to two matches. Because yeah. you still have... The thing is, New Jack's always going to... New Jack is very similar to Andre the Giant in that... He's a special attraction. Yeah. New Jack was their undertaker. Yeah. Don't give him a title. He's strong. When we want to make a guy, like really make him, he loses... New Jack loses to him. Yeah. You know? Um, but I think it would have been 2003, you're phasing it out. But the thing is, the ECW crowd wouldn't have taken no tables still. You would have had to have one. Like, main event matches wouldn't have had tables or chairs in them anymore. But they still would have been, like, New Japan strong style, punching each other in the fucking face. Yes, exactly. And New Jack or Sabu or the Sandman are going to come out match three. Yeah. And it's, like, very similar to WWE CW where it's, like, this guy's in the ring. Yeah. yeah. You do, because ECW, the great thing about it was they had so many Undertaker-like characters where it's like, this guy doesn't need a title, but he can, you play Inner Sandman, he canes everybody, you got 10 minutes, and everyone everyone who saw that is having a great time. Yes, and it's, what's unfortunate with ECW closing is the crop that then went into ROH would have been fucking Great, and it's because Ring of Honor, Gabe Sabolski, who was Paul Heyman's fucking assistant. Yeah. Very similar philosophies and how but they it was the, it. But I think it was good that ECW closed because it would have been, after the Benoit thing, it would have had to close anyway. You can't say if something is extreme championship wrestling and have any regard for your performers. I agree, and I like, want The to only thing would have been like, all right, well, we're not allowed to hit him on the head. Then tear their ACLs, Paul. Yeah. It's a it's an Achilles tendon match. You get a knife and oh, Tommy yeah. Dreamer cut the Sandman's Achilles. It's his dogs in a gas chamber <laughs> on a pole match. Is animal cruelty still fine? <laughs> yeah. ECW presents dog versus man. Man has a gun. It's fine that the dog dies. It's sick. ECW presents sick dogs versus yeah. Paul Heyman with a machine gun. Yeah. ECW presents Paul. Paul Heyman versus obesity. <laughs> he lost. Um, also, Paul Heyman, one last thing before we move on to the Steve Carino ROH career in the second half of this episode. When Paul Heyman claims that he would have gotten Brock Lesnar for for ECW if it hadn't closed, I just want to go on record as saying, you're lying, Paul. He would have got Sylvester Turkai, and we would all think Sylvester Turkai was fucking sick. <laughs> I don't even know who Sylvester Turkai is. He's just... I mean, he was just a MMA guy who they brought in for two seconds in the Fed and then divested. 
It was one of those things. He, oh, he's an MMA guy. He got, he's got a great look. Can we trade him? Oh, he's not that good. Put him in the ring. Vince saw him. Oh, he's bad. Yeah. Get the fuck out of wrestling. Boo. Boo. We could literally probably do 10 in one week that was just like, these guys had one-year careers where they came in, squashed some people, and then Vince kicked them off the fucking plane. <laughs> it's great that I- Get this, out. This is probably better as part of a Paul Heyman episode, but I do think it is fucking great that ECW closed. And the reason I think it's great that ECW closed is because if ECW hadn't closed, Paul Heyman would not be attached to Brock Lesnar, and Paul Heyman would just be running some weird app now. Can you imagine that though? Paul Heyman without Brock Lesnar. Imagine the last imagine the last thir- 15 years of that guy's life. He has literally been Paul like Brock Lesnar's manager for the for, last 15 years. Oh, he's taken 15% of, you know, the gold mine that is an already smart guy's career. Absolutely fantastic. So we're going to go uh back with the second half of Steve Carino after the break. Bye. Ooh. What a break we're having. Oh, such a good episode of the Wrestler Review again. Ladies and gentlemen, please rate and subscribe to the Wrestler Review. Of course, we also want to review it. Please review our podcast for the love of fucking Christ. And also, guys, give us some money. Not with a Patreon. Nope. Or some sort of naughty Amazon link. We don't want you to give us money for a goddamn nothing, right? Here's what we want you guys to do. We both have comedy albums. Please buy those comedy albums on our website, thejohnhastings.com. That is John's website. And dylanagot.com. The A is for awesome. I'm an awesome guy. dylanagot.com, thejohnhastings.com. Please buy our comedy albums. We love you. Please make love to us in our beds while we're naked. The A is for Atherton. Woo! Booyah. So, Carino. Booyah tribe. Immediately goes on the independence. And the only real time... That he pops up again. It's interesting, by the way, like, C.W. Anderson, like, basically, he's just like, I'm Arn yeah. Anderson now. You never hear about him. Also, like, the weird ones that they almost brought He beat in, Tommy Dreamer a couple times. Yeah, like, they would, that, they had the razor wire gimmick. Did you know that like, Am- Amish right. Roadkill was almost brought in as the next big Undertaker opponent? Really? Yeah, that like, Bruce Pritchard has talked about it a lot. He was like, that guy would have been money against Taker. And it's like... What's wrong with you, brother love? No, I mean, you would have had to rebrand him, but the thing is, bringing in Amish Roadkill, we'll talk about Roadkill super quickly, and then we'll get to Carino. Bringing in Roadkill, first, there was two things I thought they missed as a young man. Uh, bringing in Roadkill, yeah, he was athletic and all that stuff, but you're bringing him in at the height of, we're smart and we know everything, so he would have just got buried by Roadkill chance. Like, this even happens, I watched a bunch of, like, Cody Rhodes what he's been doing since he went I've on the independence. Your text messages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great shit. <laughs> what was the thing he said? Well, he's like, I want a beer. Decide amongst yourselves who's going to buy it for me. Who did he like, say that to? A crowd. <laughs> Fuck yeah. And then they got him a beer because he's a fuck. He just so. He's very good as a dick. Anyway, uh, by the way, uh, Cody Rhodes is now on Jim Cornette's shit list because he did the, the dick spot with uh, Joey Ryan. Yeah, that's great. And Jim Cornette, I thought, I'm like, if this is when Jim Cornette's gonna die because he's like, what the fuck? Fuck, 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 cunt, 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 cunt. <laughs> you fucking cunt. I really love that Jim Cornette is politically progressive, pro-wrestling conservative. Very funny. Uh, by the way, because I'm back listening to his podcast only because uh, his co-host Brian last brought up like, hey, do you think that uh, 
when you were around wrestlers would like talk about uh how you guys were doing too much stuff the way you guys talk about it now and jim Cornette's answer is like they did here's the difference they are wrong now <laughs> <laughs> that's great uh these cunts i thought the roadkill yeah he would have been drowned out by roadkill chance no matter who you what you put him under a hood you couldn't have done anything with him the other thing is i always thought that they really missed uh out on having roadkill and takamishinoku as a tag team just because just because of the catchphrases they were both people who only knew one word because takamishinoku just went indeed and then roadkill went chickens Indeed. That would have been the entire... You would have got six months of comedy out of that. Oh, again. Pro wrestling comedy. Nothing, I don't understand why they didn't do it. Nothing it so straight ahead to me. will surpass the beautiful racism of evil indeed. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. If you're going to be racist, go all all out. Uh, I'll still say, the, my highlight now of WWE pay-per-views is like, hey, there's Funaki. <laughs> <laughs> That was all right. It was a good gimmick. <laughs> anyway, um, so Carino, this is the tragic thing I want to kind of talk about Carino for is because I think he's a very, very good pro wrestler. And like you said, like a lot of people had kid body and then they kind of beef up. Uh, Steve Carino went old school, being the king of old school, and just got fat. <laughs> yes, he did. It's kind of like how it's kind of perplexing to me how they fired Chris Hero from NXT a while ago because that was the time when you had edge and still like triple, triple H. h regularly yeah and then chris hero got sad and then he got fat and now he's back as cassius ono and it's like this dude was primed to be a main roster guy when he was taking care of himself and then you fired him and now he's a fucking slob and now you brought him back but they'll they'll work him through that like bobby Roode does did not look the way bobby Roode does now when he debuted with NXT. I'm aware. Yeah, that's true. He's motivated now. But I think it's like you need to. If the Chris Hero could just get in shape, then you have a new fucking great guy. They will. They'll do. They'll do the Jinder Jinder Mahal fucking trick, which is like, hey, Jinder, do you want to make a couple of million dollars? Yes. They're called steroids. (laughs) Use like. By the way, the wellness policy is back out the window. That man has visible steroid fucking pimples. Like, he's on yeah, yeah, yeah. fucking... Yeah, he's on the... Ju- but the thing is, Karina... All right, so Chris Hero was just a thin, tall guy back in NXT as Cassius Ono. Yeah, First turnaround. And now he's just not in shape, you know? And Carino, the same thing is, like, Carino had no weight to him. He just looked like a, a child. And he wasn't... He's not even that tall. So then he got kind of tubby. And... Uh, he reminds me, Steve Carino reminds me of, this is kind of a weird thing to say on a wrestling podcast, but I suppose, but it's like the big guy in a small town doing stand-up. Because you get these people who are like really good at doing stand-up, but they've just never left like Milwaukee, but they're great. Yeah, he's the, oh, what the But fuck? it's just like they kind of don't care. It's like, you'll see a guy do really well, and then you just kind of take it, and I'm like, is this guy wearing Echo jeans? Jesus Christ, this guy just doesn't really... He just knows he has his spot. And Carino's the same way. He's he like, is the Joey Elias of independent wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> he is. It's a reference I don't even know. He is the Mike Patterson. Ooh. Mike Patterson could be listening. Yeah, because Mike Patterson is a really big, well-known comedian within Montreal. Yeah. Like, and it's absolutely capable. Like, Carino's absolutely capable. He's fantastic. Um, 
he goes to independent wrestling. He does has a short. He has a feud with Homicide and ROH, where they redo the like Eddie Guerrero, Kurt Angle feud, where it's like your lifestyle is bad. And this is actually one of the only times I think that they really put over Carino strong in a company is because he's coming in. That was in ROH, not TNA. Oh, yeah, you're right. Sorry. It was in ROH the first time around. Well, like 2000. This is ROH first getting off. Because in 2002, essentially, once it's like, okay, uh, WCW and ECW have closed, then you get the ROH Super Indie, which is the first Super Indie, which now PWG does. And uh, for a short time, Full Impact Pro. Well, Full Impact Pro was like their feeder system for a bit. Um, ROH is. Uh, but. So you get these super indies, and uh, you need people to legitimize it. So what better than the guy that basically WWE doesn't want? Because the thing well, is, there's, there's some Carino. They're not sure if they didn't want it or he refused to go. I assume it's they didn't want him. I feel like it's a bit of both. You at but this time, it. WWE has. If you're all right, so a wrestling company like I think it's Jim Cornette who says a wrestling company really only needs what thirty regulars. Right. Yeah, and then you need a lot of people coming in and out. Yeah, exactly. So thirty regulars, and you literally have all of pro wrestling to draw from, in the biggest fucking. You know what I mean? Like I agree. In the, it it's the biggest boom period ever because you still have people from the first boom like Hogan. You still have uh, Flair. You still have uh, Michaels. Like you have no, no, I agree. You have, and uh, then you have Austin Rock. Rock. That said, Steve Carino, even now, and he's now, I think, working as a coach in NXT. Yeah. But he would be still a great manager in that right now in wrestling, they do need people like Steve Carino, who is someone who knows how to take a microphone and go and make the crowd go, fuck this guy. In a time yeah. when they are, they're, they're having a major issue making heels, especially on SmackDown, the inclusion of Steve Carino as a mouthpiece for someone, in the idea of you want to turn Roman Reigns heel for a bit you have him show up with steve carino and have him and steve steve carino and paul Heyman be fucking going at each other and then they're those are their two fucking heavies behind them that i don't adds, even think you need steve carino for, i do uh, i honestly think you do i think one of the main flaws with roman reigns is still his promos in that he he's really good when he's not talking when he just walked out and said my yard to capitalize that on him being now like the wwe is mine I'm the fucking king of this. Fuck all you fans. You need a Bill Alfonso type nerd annoying guy, which Steve Carino would fucking fit into that. And smart fans, because everyone loves the fucking internet, would get behind that and would complete with his character of like, <coughs> I know wrestling. <laughs> that was a very good <laughs> internet mark impression because what you did was you coughed unintentionally but they all have coughs yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm so sickly i have a limp i know how to book this uh the reason why my spine doesn't work is i use mostly chairs <laughs> <laughs> so carino um goes into roh uh he's basically bumping around the independence for a while and this is the kind of sad thing about carino is that like he it was a bit before his time, I think, because he, and the other thing I want to talk about with ECW was, the thing about 2001 ECW is it's very clearly turning into a junior heavyweight promotion, because now you get all the, like, what wrestling is now, which is, like, guys of all, like, football players are no longer going into wrestling. No, they're football going into the UFC. Yeah, 
so you've basically but you've taken away amateur wrestlers as a base for pro wrestling and that used to be what happened where it's like you want to be an amateur wrestler all right well now you either a or a teacher at a college Mm. and like you teach history but you don't you just fucking teach the wrestling team or or if you're a bit shittier than that guy and you didn't win a lot of stuff put on a mask now you're pretending to be a spider enjoy it right but now you can go in ufc and it's so funny because i feel like in a ufc the money is so much less than wrestling even at like a fucking independent level like the money is rest and there's a guy now matt riddle uh who's basically proving that like he was like an okay ufc guy he got into wrestling learned it super quick now he's doing great right and you've now taken that away and that's what carino uh if carino would have come around in 2005 uh 2006 instead of like 1995 he would now he would be in nxt as like a legacy guy and he would probably have won the title or something like that he's basically he's like a bobby Roode guy but the thing is his his body his body just wasn't good enough it's like it's either he went skinny or fat and he never really you know he got on the juice he never really fucking took a bunch of steroids yeah Yeah, i guess that's what eddie guerrero did yeah i mean i'm not american steve carino eddie guerrero is obviously far superior (laughs) <laughs> and hero he's doing great right now he's still alive right why do you look that way whoa so i was asleep in the year 2004 why don't they talk about Chris <laughs> anymore so carino's doing japan like he's working the whole globe basically off of i was one of the last ecw champions and really being one of the only guys who's really really capable on the mic at an indie show so absolutely and that's going back to my earlier point i think that that is something that they could still exploit because because of the inclusion of writers because of the crop they're getting i'm sorry because of the crop they're getting they don't have a lot of guys that are trained where it's like go outside go out into the ring versus this crowd that's literally like i will fuck you (laughs) yeah because these guys train from day like he's Four years into wrestling when he's doing promos in the ECW arena where they're like... The other thing to remember about uh, Steve Carino is perennially in ROH, which is a bit interesting because, you know, king of the old school kind of gimmick, but I didn't really know, but was he still king of old school even in Ring of Honor or he was just sort of Steve Carino, that guy you know? So ROH um, in 2009 got this deal with HDNet, and I still think it's the best TV ROH has ever done because now... Now ROH, even with Sinclair and being a multi-billion-dollar company, still looks like Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Also, keep in mind, Sinclair Broadcasting uh, about to launch a first a network television-based news show described as the right-wing version of Fox News. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Re- uh, people who like wrestling, not left-wing. I'll throw that out there. I think people, especially if people, they fund wrestling, they're just like, yeah, black people, uh, black people make stews and they boil you in it. And that's how it really is. Like, I do not look for like, that's the thing where it's like, where does Sinclair Broadcasting get all their money? Oh, heavy ties to industrial Russia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but before they were bought by Sinclair, ROH uh, was, had a deal with HDNet. They brought in Steve Carino as like a legacy guy. And they have him feud with Kevin Steen and do one of the, gr- I think one of the better written feuds that uh, I've seen. That's why I like you like ROH because you don't. It's kind of funny that ROH goes through these peaks and valleys, but essentially it's always like here's some pro wrestling that makes sense. It's never Cornette, the Cornette era, uh, the Gabe Sapolsky era. 
any booker they've ever had is just always pro wrestling that makes sense. And the only downfall of it is sometimes it's legit too boring because it's just like, this guy fights this guy yeah. and then he wins. He's got... yeah. Time and, for some ether. And one of their, I think one of their actual strengths is that now in the time where like people get sick of fucking people very, like wrestlers very quickly by seeing them every week, is that ROH has people do New Japan tours and has people go to NXT because it's just like, oh, well, they're tired of that guy. Completely. And I think it's also, we're in an interesting place in wrestling, which is if New Japan can get off the ground in North America with this nice mix of sort of. Silly's the wrong word, but like, it's it's ridiculous character, and yeah. then also just really fun, cool, crazy matches. Yeah, that is such a tonic to what the WWE is presenting. Yeah, in the way that like NXT apparently it's the most watched thing on the network, and basically it looks like it's the thing that people are actually now buying the network for. That's the only thing that they're kind of they're they're actually like invested in it yeah and i think that that's the style that wrestling needs to go towards which is interesting because it's sort of what steve carino's gimmick was all about which is this return to old school kind of booking of just sort of like this guy and this guy don't like each other attack them and i think steve carino is now in a good place because he's definitely someone who can help those people learn that psychology well and the other thing is the thing the strength about nxt and i thought inc roh in all its forms is that it's, a, it's an hour yes Steve Carino comes on TV, would come on TV once on HDNet, do a promo, maybe get beaten down, maybe do a short match. It's an hour. That's it. He would do, and they would do squash matches. And the thing about Carino in ROH is, since it's a different size, uh, they would just get in short people who made him look big. When he's not, he's probably like my size. He's probably my size. He's probably like just like a regular sized man, like, you know, six feet, maybe if he's in shape, 180. And like, we're both not in shape, so probably about 230. You know, and just fucking, but you look him at a powerhouse because it's like, oh, he's way fatter than that short guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's how you, that in the old days, that's in old, in like the 70s, that's how, what separated a guy. Like, oh, well, I guess that guy can't afford much. This guy's going to win because he can afford more food than the other guy. You know, <laughs> the food is giving him an advantage. Yeah. Well, uh, Carino <laughs> comes in and, uh, he comes in after the Kevin Steen El Generico feud and uh, quickly forms so, a it's team. It's so sad that El Generico is retired to Mexico. <laughs> That's one of the best things in the world. Uh, <laughs> he comes in and feuds with Col your boy Cole Cabana and uh, Boom, boom. Cole Cabana <laughs> and uh, El Generico, and it's really fun because it's like this fun tag team forced to basically really fight these fucking evil assholes, and they and he splinters off into a feud against cabana that cabana ends up winning that's the quit this match is, now we're in the no this is the pre-cornet era and cornet's coming in yes yes so the it's fucking crazy by the way that jim cornet for all his fucking old school really did not fucking gel with how a ring of honor was going because this is the time like i this is the time of roh yeah, i hear about being like I need to sit down and watch this stuff because it just sounded like the television was fucking cool. The way it was written was interesting. Yes, and the thing is, and this is also when HDNet basically puts their foot down, and it's such a subtle thing, but I think it's very, very much worth repeating, is that HDNet puts their foot down and it's like, we can't play, like, we can't license Leonard Skinner. You need to come up with a fucking theme song for the Briscoes. So they just come up and they just go to the fucking I don't know who they went to, but the guy did a great job of just making like like them boys. Yeah. yeah. Well just made new theme songs for all these people. Great stuff. 
Um, but Carino takes time off, and this is what I want to say is one of the, I think it's one of the most fun things I've seen on TV, uh, fun things I've seen in wrestling TV, where Carino has been a heel his whole career, all his whole career, and he comes back as a face, and he's like, I regret like everything I've done. I've got a kid. Like, I can't be this guy anymore. And he gets Jimmy Jacobs as his sponsor of how to stay a face. So he's like, I'm just fucking evil, man. I can't fucking help it. And then Jimmy Jacobs is like his sponsor of like, listen, we got to fucking overcome this. And then, of course, this is when Kevin Steen's gone nuts and is just the fucking, you know, worst dude. And he uh, him and Car- he battles Carino and eventually uh, Carino like turns on. Uh, turns heel again and they form a stable called scum um him jimmy jacobs and kevin steen and it's great it's like the i always find that like alcoholism angles in pro wrestling make no sense because it's like you can't really like these guys aren't good enough actors yeah and it's hard to be like theater drunk as it is like you ever watch a play where a guy's playing a drunk yeah he's always like hello because it's this weird pro wrestling is this weird thing where it's like you're doing theater but it's like it's the only thing time you would tape theater really other than stand-up comedy yeah so it's really hard to find that balance of like when are you wrestling for tv like going to a WWE live show, it's so obvious it's for TV because everything's toned down so much. Whereas ROH is really for that audience because that's how they make their money. Because they don't make money much ad revenue. So it's this weird thing. So rather than have him act uh, act like a drunk, you just have him act like he's just trying to be a face. He's just trying to be a face. And they would do all these teases where you'd pick up a chair and be like, I can't fucking do it. And then what he would do is Kevin Steen was like, you need to you're evil like that's who you are then he challenges him to a street fight beats him in the street fight but then that ends up being like the first drink he has back you know what i mean so then he turns heel great and then he goes to be an announcer and whatever um but carino as the like legacy character was so good because just because of the way i don't think you'd ever think that a 35 year old man who had dyed blonde hair when he was 25 and one of his managers was a porn star you would ever equate with the words (laughs) when he was fucking jack victory but you ever equate really with the words like uh what do you want to say dignity but he just came off very dignified he was like he played like it's weird that nine years after he fights the guy he basically plays the dusty Rhodes character and does a really good job of it well, I keep, I've said this about 11 times, and now let me say it for the 12th time. It's someone that he took the idea of king of old school, and they, he embraced it, and he kept sort of, you, you run its course to the end, freshen it, take it this way, refresh it, back to beginning, refresh it. And it's just interesting. I, he's a guy that I really, it is sad he doesn't ever have, we talked about this in the break, he never got a prime. He never had that moment where he was in the spotlight. And I think he still could do it. I think he could still be a manager. He could be in a different kind of role to really fucking nail um, the type of character that he is. And I think it would be fucking great. Yeah, but he's 44 now. And his first retirement tour was in 2007. So he was a guy who always had his eye on like, I can't be fucking... Well, he, I'm going to be dying of secondhand smoke in these arenas. <laughs> and look no further than the fact that he retired. He stopped working for ECW when they stopped paying. He's one of the few guys that... And it's something I have a problem with in comedy where it's like, oh, instead of paying you in cash, we're going to pay you in ideas. And I was like, I like <laughs> comedy too much. I guess I'll do it. Dylan, best thing about Steve Carino? 
uh, his promos. He was great promo. And I think he's a very effective thing where he is like a, you don't want to say Roddy Piper, but I'll throw this out there. Maybe he's like an edge type of heel where everyone just fucking hated him. Everyone fucking hated him. I was going to say he's like Tully Blanchard. You look at his face yeah. and you're just like, fuck <laughs> this guy. Yeah, he just looks like a shitty By asshole. the way, the best type of wrestling heel is the arrogant shithead. Yeah. Like high level of he cheats to win because I deserve to win. I'm great. Fuck you. That, and that is... Yeah. Mwah. I don't think... The fact that he isn't in wwe is it sucks for him like he's now training which is fucking awesome um and he's by the way exactly who you want to be training because yeah. there's certain aspects of the, he has a lot of weaknesses but he also goes hey fuck you you're in the fed this is something i never got to do but i made a decent living my kids got clothes do your kids have clothes i don't have kids put your come in shoes for the next week <laughs> yeah he stayed motivated even though he knew essentially he wasn't going to be in the wwe because he he basically has the miz the miz's skill set but just with a worse body yeah because he's just a shitty asshole who you could not turn face in a million years he's an okay worker mm-hmm. you know like so that's his promos his best thing what's your favorite thing about stevie key Rini? Uh, his look, perfect in in terms of interesting, as in the boots. Oh, the, the cowboy trunks, boots and shit, yeah. That where it's like so, like the two thousand Steve Carino, yeah, look. ECW Carino. It's just like he he just. What is your gimmick? It's this. In your head, you're like, what does that look like? That's what that looks like. For the opposite of Roman Reigns, supposed to be a superhero. Why is he in a weird SWAT team uniform with a hillbilly <laughs> T-shirt? Like, fucking. Completed in the same way. John Cena, he's a rapper. Put him in jorts. Like, yeah. Fucking finish the fucking idea. That's great. Oh, what's the worst thing about Steve Carino? His upper body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he really got skinny fat. Yeah, he is. That's that is a nerd bully. That is a guy who looks like he is a judge at a cosplay competition. <laughs> oh shit, we got to interrupt this because you talking about this during the break, but Steve Carino was the reason why Jim Cornette left ROH. Oh yeah, Jim Cornette. So Jim Cornette towards the end of his uh tenure during a sh- bunch of problems, all that sort of stuff. Steve Carino does a sp- it was a spot show or it was a house show somewhere. Yeah. Steve Carino hurt his neck and it turned out it was just a nerve sting. But he lost feeling in his hand, so he could do that. He could squeeze a fist, but he couldn't feel him doing that. Okay. And there was no one there to even pay for the ambulance to come get him. Mm-hmm. And Steve Carino's like, it's fine. I guess I'll just drive to the hospital. And Jim Cornette's like, no, I'm done. I'm not like a guy who's literally given his fucking life to wrestling and is wrestling in a fucking shitty neighborhood hockey arena is basically looking at driving himself to a hospital with a near-paralyzed injury. Mm -hmm. Turns out they went and did a collection and got an ambulance, and it was fine. It was like a nerve catch, and they could just rub it out, and it was fine. But he was like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. That's crazy. Get me a podcast. Get me comic book conventions. I feel like Cornette with ROH, the reason why it didn't work out, is because I feel like he's the type of dude, like, it's going to be a weird analogy, but if you ever watch the Chappelle show season uh, two woody allen and one and two sorry woody allen was a uh was a consultant on the writing team what yeah woody allen was a consultant because there's certain amounts of things where it's like we're doing something very forward but what's the bait 
not the basics, but what's the fundamentals? It's like, the thing of, we need a before, guy who's, before you reinvent the wheel, know how to make a wheel. Exactly, exactly. Have one. It's that whole thing. I've heard this analogy on a ton of like a smart wrestling podcasts, but one foot, and I think it applies to all entertainment really. One foot in the past, one foot in the present. I agree, and I would I'd go even further to say is Jim Cornette in Ring of Honor is similar to Vince Russo in WCW, in that Vince Russo going to WCW should have worked. There's a lot of things that Vince Russo is actually good at that he doesn't get the credit for. But Jim Cornette also, he needs an editor and he needs people around him that will take his suggestions and move them forward exactly what you're saying. Which is why if you watch Smoky Mountain, there's certain things that are good and progressive and other things you're like, why? <laughs> why is Bill Watts being put over as a scary... He's a fat Christian man who's clearly like like looking over his shoulder being like, well, fuck that girl. <laughs> By the way, I have not read it yet, but I, I have, I'm eyeing a copy on Amazon. It's very cheap of Bill Watts' The Cowboy and the Cross, which apparently is just like, let me tell you about something about Bill Watts. Got an eye for the ladies, and I love the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Bible, and I uh, put it on ladies' tits, and then I nod on the Bible. <laughs> oh, yeah, I nod on the Bible. My worst thing with Steve Carino is going to be... Uh He's boring. <laughs> boring wrestler. How dare you? We all know who the most boring wrestler is. Greg the Hammer Valley. Fuck that guy. Fuck him. <laughs> no, but it was like, there's a... I I don't know what was the worst thing. I guess he never got his prime. Yeah. It sucks that there's managers weren't a thing in the WWE because he would just been a manager. Managers need to come back. I love managers. Yeah, and it creates... Uh, Especially going through this time of the rest of you like looking at Francine... Or Gray the Hammer Valentine, who for like his most profitable run in the Fed always had a manager. It's like, yeah, accentuate. Stop making everyone having to be Steve Austin. Not everyone's Steve Austin. Some people are beautiful Bobby Eaton. Just put those men with a nerd who's eaten 11 cheeseburgers who goes out and goes, <laughs> But it's the other thing where like, that's why... I think Bruce Pritchard explains this as like, that's why w tag team wrestling wasn't really a big thing in the Fed because you, two guys instead of four guys. Yeah. And it's not why would you pay three instead of two? But I agree. But it's also one of those things where why does – like but you still change the product, freshen it up. Yeah, you need to make things different. Like they've had – Raw has basically had the same look for like now going on 15 years. Yeah. Of this, this like sleek – you know, you got to – you got to – you gotta scuff it up a bit. Well, it's one of those things where make if you want to make SmackDown and Raw unique, put SmackDown in different looking buildings. Yeah, and have them have a different fucking logo and like different fucking logo. Also, this sounds really really weird, but move the hard camera to the other side. Yeah, just have them different look. That was the thing about ROH and HDNet was they would do a lot of different angles because basically with HDNet it was Mark Cuban's company, so the way that ROH was basically paid. Was like it's like, I mean, we would do stand up where early on they'd be like, "Well, you'll get a good tape out of it." Yeah, you know, one of those. But legit, it was like it's the best looking uh, thing ROH has done, and it was eight years ago, which is fucked up. Like in that last eight years, think about all the technology. Absolutely. Well, it's also one of the things that Sinclair Broadcasting, when they bought the company, this is another thing I learned from a Jim Cornette shoot interview, which I wish they'd done. Which is his big thing was. It's costly to move and do all these house shows if that we're then taping. That's expensive. And there's technical limitations because we're constantly moving and we don't have the giant setup that WWE does. Mm -hmm. Let's just fucking buy a place a la the ECW arena 
and call it the Arena of Honor and just tape everything there and make it a destination. Yeah. Which, why not do that? It, it's that I, Part of the reason why TNA has lasted so long was they had the impact zone for so long that then they slowly could go do house shows. Well, think about every wrestling company except for the WWE. And they've all had... A base. No, they all have a TV taping building. Impact. WCW. ECW. You yeah, know? like... Think about those are the those are the other three longest running wrestling companies, and they all had like a base. Now ROH did start as a super indie, so they do like touring, and like the other thing is by we'll wrap up on this, but I think I've never heard this explicitly said, but it just seems to make more sense to me is that the way they get all those New Japan guys in through the re- uh, working relationship with New Japan is I'm sure they're like you do our TV. You tape a TV match with us, and we'll hook you up with a bunch of live work. And I'm sure that's how it's done. Yeah. So it's like you got to keep that, you know, absolutely that relationship. Uh, well, but Lubed. thank you very much for listening. My name's Dylan. That's John Hastings. We're both great. Uh, oh wait, next week we finally. <laughs> Booker T. For those of you hardcore wrestling review fans, no. Oh, yeah, you love it hardcore. We've never done what we promised, which was a Booker T episode next Wet week. pussy, hard dick. Booker T. Yeah. Next week. Bye-bye. I invited you to come here to make a settlement offer, but you know what? I'm not going to make it because since it was Mr. Carino's idea to begin with, I'm going to let Steve Carino make this offer. Hey, Steve. For the last year, Kevin, I've had this burden. I created all this. I was the one that manipulated you. I was the one that got you to turn on El Generico. I was the one that created you. This monster that's summoned in your stomach and that's come out is because of me. You went too far, Kev. You've gone way too far. You went so far that you're not even allowed in Ring of Honor anymore. At Final Battle last year, you were gone. And it was at that moment I decided that I needed to make a change. After 17 years, I looked around and I realized that everything I've done in pro wrestling was wrong. I have no friends, Kev. Yeah, keep smiling because your future is me. You know, but it's not too late for you, Kev. You can make amends like I did. And the sad part is, you know what's sad? Is that they let you let them cut your balls off. What's sad is that I was a part of getting you out of Ring of Honor two years ago and the real Jimmy Jacobs would have came back and made me bleed, but instead you cut your own balls off for them. And now you're both as pathetic as Jim Cornette. You think it's funny if you don't have a friend in the world? Even the people that loved you won't even speak to you anymore. Stupid bastard. Yo, Kev, your words hurt, but it's okay. I was just like you once. And you see, my path to redemption has led me to this. My salvation is now. You want back in Ring of Honor? Yeah, I do. Here's the offer. December 23rd, New York City, final battle. 
Kevin Steen versus Steve Carino. You win, you're reinstated. But Kevin, let me leave you with this. You're not gonna face the guy that's had egg on his face for the last year. You're not gonna face the guy that's been losing matches left and right because I'm trying to do the right thing. Kevin, my name is Steve Carino. And on December 23rd, for one last night, I am an evil person. Oh yeah.